Well, thank you for joining us uh, here on our supplemental uh, DVD on our study, Islam, Religion of War or Peace. And I uh, want to thank you for joining us. We've got some special guests. We're going to show uh, some extra uh, information on our study just to kind of reinforce it. And uh, we got a little bit of time for uh, each guest, so we just want to get straight to it. Uh, our first guest is a gentleman named Bob Derry, an investigator uh, with Gans and, and Hoff, and a, a civilian volunteer. And uh, what's kind of interesting, if you recall on the study uh, that we uh, had there with Islam, you saw that uh, when the beheadings began to take place, uh, that uh, we had the gentleman, uh, Larry Gatlin and Billy Dean, if you remember the video clip, they, they just, when they saw that, they had to do something about it. They just couldn't take it. And that's, of course, when they came up with their song, American uh, with the Remington. And, uh, well, believe it or not, Bob here today uh, had the same response with his background, with his skills, uh, when he and other gentlemen uh, uh, began to see uh, the horrific uh, nature of what was happening because of this teaching of Islam and the uh, slaughter of Christians. They had to do something about it. They didn't write a song. Uh, what they did was they actually uh, sold everything. Uh, Bob, you sold everything. Yes, sir. And literally packed up and went on over uh, to make a difference. And so without further ado, Bob, if you could just share with us uh, your firsthand knowledge. And this is kind of the angle we wanted to share is you, know, you could you, we could uh, show pictures and you got some that we're gonna see today. And, but people want to say, oh, that's just over-dramatized, or that's just people trying to inflate this. This is really not what these people believe. This is really not what they do. They're not really uh, beheading people and, and torturing people and raping people. But you went over there as a result of what you saw. And uh, tell us, if you don't mind, tell the viewers, uh, what did you encounter, uh, if you don't mind? When we first got there, the Kurdish people are very, very uh, helpful. In, in connecting us with the people that do need help. And the, predominantly, the Christians were getting slaughtered. Uh, we would sit at home and watch Sinjar, where you remember where the helicopters were coming and try to bring them food, and no one was helping. Uh, Obama administration never sent anybody. These were all volunteers that were doing it. Uh, we all kind of got together on media, like Facebook and things like that. We got it together on the telephone and we decided to, to go on our own. We sold, like you said, we sold everything we owned, uh, houses, cars, motorcycles, cashed in what we could and we deployed. Uh, we got there, we all got together and we came up with a, a plan. We embedded ourselves with Peshmerga, which is the local Kurdish military militia. Mm -hmm. uh, some of us did that, and some of us did the humanitarian aid, which is what I started out doing. Yeah. I bought food, I bought medicine, I brought night vision for the Peshmerga and the guys that were over there, because we had none, and ISIS does, which makes it a little difficult to see them at night yeah. without it, yeah. but they could see us. Uh, we helped medically at the Arbat refugee camp, where a lot of the Christians were at. We went to collect up some of the girls that we had heard had escaped from ISIS. Mm -hmm. It turned out to be an ambush, and we did find some, but not as many as we thought. And you, there are pictures that you'll see. And then we brought them back to the monastery in Solimanea, mm -hmm. where uh, th there's a monk named uh, Jens Bexer, and he feeds them, clothes them, educates them, tries to get them back to their norm. Uh, we donated tons of food. I mean, pickup loads full of food wow. and medicine to that <clears throat> facility itself. Yeah. And then uh, the monk uh, provides the logistics for all the kids and everything else. When we were there, and we were, the kids were nervous because we were in military uniform, so a lot of us changed right. into civilian clothes. And we would sit into a, like a U-shape and we would discuss what had happened and they would be very detailed and graphic what happened to their parents. They're alone, they're orphans now. Wow. They sat there and if the, there was doctors that had their fingers cut off because they wouldn't help ISIS guys that were wounded. Mm. They would just, they would mutilate them. Uh, in Kobani, they would take body parts of the children that they butchered and like sword fight with arms. And it was some of the worst things that you can't unsee. Those are things that will always haunt me and everybody else that was ever there. Right, right. So it was uh, it was an interesting trip for all yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah. And once again, the media unfortunately wants to downplay it and 
it's not that big of a deal and and you're just being an extremist or you're anti-muslim uh, because you're trying it's hey listen and that's why we wanted you to share because you were there and again what i also like about it is your heart is listen you didn't just want to say hey that's bad uh you literally uh self-sacrifice you sold everything and you went over there and you saw it with your own eyes this is not make-believe this is not uh something that people are just trying to get back at muslims and and create negative flack for them this is really what goes on this is what this belief promotes and uh but if you could share uh uh, some of the specific kids that you ran into and in the instances. <laughs> there were some of the kids that you just wanted to take them home. And they were so, so adorable and so friendly, knowing what they had gone through. And then they'd get to a point where they would just break down, like, mm-hmm. a, like a PTSD, what they, they consider PTSD. Yeah. But on, our, on my way over here today to do this show, as I was coming over the mountain on the radio, they announced that the congressional hearings were starting to take place regarding what had happened in Kurdistan. And what they are talking about is the genocide of Christians. This isn't in my imagination. This isn't in our imagination a year and a half ago when we went there. We took pictures, we provided it to the Secretary of State, to the consulate, and now a year and a half later, they're finally saying, oh wow, they're gonna be gone in no time at all. Yeah, It, it, It just doesn't set right with me that this administration did nothing while this was taking place and it's still taking place there's guys still over there guys from britain australia china all christians that are protecting the christians that won't fight when you see them uh submitted down into their orange jumpsuits and kneel and will not disavow god right and jesus christ until they take their heads they will still profess their love for Christ. Right. That's that's pretty heart-wrenching. Yeah. Well, and again, to have a, a president that doesn't want to talk about it, that seemingly, not only seemingly, but as we provide the evidence, uh, ignores it and just doesn't want to talk about this. And yet it's unfortunately reminiscent of a, a history lesson that apparently we're repeating uh, with this administration anyway, uh, with what happened with the Jewish people. And you look at the Jewish people, there were reports, if I uh, recall right, there were reports while the Holocaust was taking place, while they were being slaughtered in these uh, camps, uh, that the West knew about it. Indeed. And there were people who just, well, maybe they just didn't take action. The same thing's going on. It's just a different Holocaust. It's a Holocaust against Christians. And uh, once again, unfortunately, people are being silent. Indeed. The... The one thing that I did notice, everybody thinks Muslims are all Muslims. Uh, the one thing I did notice that the Kurds who are fighting for their freedom and, and, and trying to get their land back, they have helped, they're the only ones that have helped the Christians. The only ones with 25 year old AK 47s, uh, whatever weapon they can find to go and, and fight up against ISIS. ISIS has got all the American equipment that was left behind mm-hmm. and that they took from Ramadi when the Iraqi soldiers left yeah. and abandoned it. I mean, they're fully armed, well-trained. They have Chechnyan uh, general that, in fact, I think he was just killed in uh, bombing the other day. Okay. But he's very organized. He's the special forces guy out of Chechnya. And he was training these guys on, on tactics, on missions, and they work in teams of eight. So a team of eight of ISIS is like 50 of us. Mm. They're really well-trained and tactical. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. These guys are dangerous. Yeah. And they're here in the United States. Well, yeah, and see, that's the issue, isn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. uh, it's not like really going on there. This is really happening. This is really what this belief promotes, uh, this kind of violence and horrendous behavior uh, towards people of the book, Christians, Jews, uh, etc. Uh, but we're kidding ourselves as a country if we think that that's not going to transplant here. Uh, and I think that's the danger of the silence uh, that's, that's going on there. Uh, but you had specifically, uh, I think you wanted to share uh, some pictures of some specific kids, if you could, uh, if you could share uh, what you encountered with those. There's one picture that we took off of a, a, a deceased ISIS, to be politically correct. Uh, out of his training uh, video card and it's a little girl and what she was watching was 
the abuse of her older sister being raped by about 20 ISIS mm. and her mother who were they were like waiting for a bus waiting their turn and finally they shot her mother and split her daughter or sister in half she's holding a doll and she's got her hands over the doll's eyes so the doll can't see it oh wow if it it still bothers me yeah and uh it's it's one of those things that I was talking about earlier, you just don't unsee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a life-changing, horrific, horrific event. And, you know, and you, you know, people wonder, like, you know, the Bible obviously clearly tells us we're headed towards a, the worst time in the history of mankind, uh, the seven-year tribulation. And it's a seven years nonstop of God's wrath being poured out on this planet. And people say, well, man, why would God do that for so long? Well, the scripture says that with this kind of behavior, rejecting God, rejecting Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven, uh, that we are storing up God's wrath. And you think of these instances and what people are doing, uh, they may think they're getting away with it, but they're not. they're not. God has the last word on everything, uh, including this behavior. And that's just what little we know, as horrific it is. God sees everything all at the same time. And these people are storing up his wrath. And unless they turn to Jesus Christ, uh, it's not going to be good. A little history lesson and geographic lesson. Kurdistan, where all this is taking place, is supposed to be where the original Garden of Eden was, mm -hmm. biblically. So it, it, people think that it's all sandbox over there. Some of the most beautiful country I've ever, ever seen. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was an amazing adventure. Yeah. I would do it again yeah. if I could afford it. I can't. <laughs> uh, a lot of the guys want to go back. Uh, Scott Wolf, for instance, uh, went over there and actually became a Peshmerga, which is what this is, okay. uh, and became a major within that corporation and directed Americans, British, and Kurdish yeah. in different operations and got intelligence, which he provided to the State Department and the consulate there in Soleimaniya, and right. nothing was ever ever done hmm. unless they just move that slow and it takes a year and a half which well we all know unfortunately yeah it takes a while for the government to do anything Absolutely. Uh, but as we also noted on our study uh, I think a lot of it is deliberate and it's deliberate by our president unfortunately uh, and by the administration because they're trying to keep a lid on what's going on there's definitely uh, an anti-christian uh, as we stated on the study, this is the most on record, the most anti-God, anti-specific Christian administration in the history of the United States. One thing I did know, and one thing I did find out when we went through Turkey, through Istanbul, I had a red cross and I had my crucifix around my neck. I was told that if I didn't remove that, they would remove it very easily with my head off. Wow. And that was at the Istanbul airport. Right. It came off pretty quick. Yeah. Because yeah. our intention was not to lose the battle before we even hit the battlefield. Right. So. Right. Well, and again, uh, uh, this is what is uh, dangerous with this silence. And again, appreciate you sharing what you shared uh, from a firsthand account. Right. You can't say, oh, no, that's photoshopped or, oh, no, that's just those extremists who are trying to be anti-Muslim. This stuff really goes on. And it's a byproduct, unfortunately, of their belief system and but the danger is this is what is being allowed on purpose to come into our country all over our country uh, and it's continually encouraged thousands and thousands of these people who readily admit and follow this uh, we are fooling ourselves if we don't think that it could turn and uh, take place upon us as American citizens Sheriff Bab Paul Babo down in Pinell County is on the border he has found prayer rugs. He has found Korans. Hispanics don't carry those. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of problems down at our borders that if we don't come together as a nation, we're being infiltrated on a daily basis, and it's going to be horrific when they finally let, let loose their their yeah. plan. Yeah. Well, Bob, I thank you for uh, coming on today and sharing, and uh, and I appreciate that. If people want to uh, contact you, uh, uh, I take it your website, callingallangelslive.com. Yes, sir. Uh, callingallangelslive.com, uh, one word, uh, and they could uh, contact you through there, and and uh, and uh, maybe they could help you get back there and 
make a difference uh, some more. That'd be good. Okay. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Well, thank you again, Bob. Well, I want to thank you for joining us again for our supplemental uh, DVD on our study, Islam, Religion of War or Peace. And uh, our next guest that we have with us is Chris Taylor. Chris, thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Uh, Chris is a phenomenal uh, graphics uh, artist. Uh, if you have any graphic artist uh, art needs, uh, definitely see Chris. Uh, you will not uh, regret it. Uh, also, Chris is also uh, has his own uh, radio show, Don't Let Them Burn. And uh, you can check that out at don'tletthemburn.com. And, uh, but without further ado, we're going to, uh, uh, Chris, we asked you to come on for two reasons. One, it just wanted to share uh, uh, quickly, uh, when 9-11 went down, uh, you were living in Florida at the time, and you just happened to have a neighbor who was a Muslim, and if you could just share with the viewers real quick, what was his reaction to that event? Well, that morning, I woke up to what was going on on TV, and I didn't know that my neighbor was gonna come by. He, he actually didn't know what was going on because he wasn't watching TV. But when he got into the house, I kind of showed him what was going on. And he jumped up and was like, yes, you know, praising Allah and saying that this is what America deserves and basically cursing America in my house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had you know, evidence that he had to go. But this is what he did. And he didn't have any remorse about it. Yeah. Um, and this is he belonged to a part of what they call the NOI or the Nation of Islam right which had its feet deep uh, in hip-hop right yeah and speaking of which we're gonna uh, talk about that at the bulk of what time that we have but but again I, I like that example because not the behavior but I like the example to expose the behavior that uh, this is a Muslim in America this is their heart mm -hmm. and the media would lie and as we saw in the the study uh, they're even encouraged to lie straight to your face to promote Islam but when given an opportunity the cat's out of the bag mm -hmm. this is what uh, this belief system wants for uh, the United States uh, destruction and uh, for Islam to take over but speaking of Islam taking over mm -hmm. uh, we also had uh, talked about in the study uh, with the uh, Islamization that's going on certainly with the school system the media uh, the courts and things of that nature how are they making inroads into our country the immigration issue of course hot topic as we dealt with there uh, but one thing we really didn't get to deal with and that's what I want to share the rest of our time with is with the music industry and now we know that we with the uh, uh, black African uh, Americans uh, that as we expose on the study one of the uh, evangelistic if you will grounds uh, to uh, convert uh, young men to Islam is in the prison system but it isn't just in the prison it's also with the rap industry if you could share with our viewers uh, your experience uh, because I know that's a big part of your background right and to get you to understand what's actually going on I have to give kind of a background uh, uh, the hip-hop industry or culture um, or they call it a civilization started to come about late 70s uh, started to grow bigger in the 80s and a lot of the rappers at the time that a lot of people know they basically um, were putting their Islamic words and teachings into the music at the time most people know the, the hip-hop culture to be something something of a party music scene but if you if people really look back they'll see that a lot of the artists were actually from Islam people like Rakim Nas AZ even um, today Jay-Z Busta Rhymes Poor Righteous Teachers uh, Karis One and the list goes on Q-Tip uh, DJ Khaled Most Def Beanie Siegel Snoop Dogg um, and Snoop Dogg is more he's more of a mishmash of Islam and um, Rastafarian and you also have the, uh, some some unknown people like King Sun and um, Luke Fiasco um, even Jermaine Jackson Janet Jackson and uh, the deceased Michael Jackson all converted to Islam. Mm -hmm. So it's not just in rap; it's also in R&B and other, you know, music. But um, the structure of, of hip hop, they have this thing called a temple of hip hop. And um, Karis One, one of, the, one of the leaders, he actually teaches in these temples and say that other people can't teach what they teach. But this is what is being spread throughout the music, and. There's um, another arm of what they call the NOI, Nation of Islam, 
which is um, ran by Farrakhan and other people, and of course stems from Muhammad and uh, Elijah Muhammad, and the people um, like Malcolm X um, and Clarence broke off into um, um, sorry five percent the five percent nation, um, but they they separated. So this one guy um, was teaching how to become a god, just like a New Age and you know the other other religions. And so some of the followers say this, uh, which which is um, they comes from the, the thing called knowledge of self, and that's knowing um, your background, your history, and all these things. And but when you get to the precipice, it's basically knowing that you are a god. God right. is in you. And he says here that our duty is to teach civilization to all the human families. Says Riza from Wu Tang Clan. And he says, Gandhi was a five percenter, Martin Luther King was a five percenter, Jesus was a five percenter. Right. And so just to give you a little insight on, this is from Vibe Magazine, May 2008. And it says here that, um, alternately known as the nation of gods and earth, the movement began in the early 1960s with Clarence Edward Smith, a decorated Korean war vet who joined the nation of Islam's Harlem Mosque under the minister Malcolm X. As Clarence 13X, the 13th member named Clarence to drop his slave name, he became absorbed in study of um, Moss Secrets, the Supreme Wisdom Lessons. In these um, transcribed dialogues between Elijah Muhammad and his teacher, um, W.D. Fard, who established the first NOI mosque in Detroit in 1930, Clarence was taught that um, images of God as white man in the sky was only a trick of the devil. And if you don't know who they call the devil, the devil to them is the white man. Mm -hmm. So it says, there is no mystery God. Read the lessons. Rather than waste time searching for someone who did not exist, Clarence learned to recognize himself as a black man, um, uh, uh, sorry, an all black man as living gods. As the best knower amongst the gods, Fard was elevated to status of Allah. So if you look back at um, the rapper Rakim, he would call himself Rakim Allah. Mm. Um, he says, um, I'm God. G is the seventh letter made. So the, you see, you'll see these phrase, phrases peppered through the music all the time. And uh, you'll say, what's up, God? He's, he's relating to his other wow. God brethren. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, <coughs> phrases like word is born word to your mother, all these phrases. And, and it's not just because, see, Islam, even though it's maintained is Islam, it's, it's like how the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church, when they go into an area, they assimilate right. the tradition. So they'll take in Christians, they'll take in Hindus, whatever. Mm. But the main tenet is Islam and Afrocentrism or neo, um, like a back to Africa type mentality. Right. Yeah, so... Um, just as long as you come under the umbrella right of Islam. exactly because right. their teachings are all moving towards a global community this um, ecumenical type movement that you see going on within the churches the Islam and all these other things oh yeah that's yeah. a big part of it because they want the children too they said their first the first thing that they want is your children and that's their focus so if, if you notice that well I, when I came up I was a you know teenager getting into all this music and I, I came for the term this morning saying that hip hop is the caretaker of the fatherless. Oh, wow. Because of lo yeah. a lot of the rappers are fatherless. A lot of the kids that gravitate to it, not all, but a lot of them um, gravitate to it because it speaks to them, especially if they're black, because it, it um, the way it kind of started out was a sense of injustice, uh, teaching you things, some historical things or whatever, so the community re would relate to that that way. And they have movements, movements like Stop the Violence because there was always a, a lot of black-on-black -black crime. Um, in the 80s, there was a, so much such a rise in um, cops killing um, black people in the neighborhoods. And so these movements really spoke to the people, but right. they didn't understand the religious tone that went with it, but some gravitated toward that and converted to Islam. So, fact, they, so they mm. took the anger, they took the injustice and used that, hijacked it, to lead them ultimately towards a religious mindset, i.e. Islam. Now what's mm. interesting is you mentioned the youth, mm. uh, as we exposed on this study, and as some people may very well know, mm. uh, that's exactly the same tactic they have over in the Middle Eastern countries. Yeah. What do they do? They take the uh, kids and they what? They literally take them away 
Uh, and sometimes, as we saw with slavery, to come in and just rob them, it uh, still goes on today. And they literally, from wee high, brainwash them uh, into memorizing the Quran and, and to become us. And, and little do we realize that we say, oh, that will never happen here in the West. It's actually happening. It's just a different tactic. It's going through the music industry, specifically with rap. They're yeah. doing the same thing. Oh, yes. And it, what the interesting is, though, before um, the, the thing is that the, the, the Islamic tone has gone down much because of 9-11, because um, some of the rappers started to feel like, well, I, can, I have to go into shadows yeah. because they want to be put into a, a camp or something like that because they, they didn't know how far it was going to escalate. Right. And so now, interestingly, the more the most popular terms are more Christian terms, but that's also a Trojan horse. Right. Because they'll use the term Jesus, not really meaning the real Jesus, and right. then you have this infiltration of um, Christian uh, hip-hop, which hip-hop is a recognized religion by the UN. Right. And again, one of its main, one of its main tenets is, is, um, is Islam. And so they, they think that hip-hop, the spirit of hip-hop, the culture, the subculture, goes way back, but it has a evolutionary type of beginning. They say rap is the first thing that um, people did because they didn't have a known language. So they went, uh, uh, that, uh, that Neanderthal type oh, of thing. Wow. I watched that this morning. I was like, wow. You know? <laughs> so, and there's more, but we don't yeah. have enough time for it. So, but these things, they, they, they also have four elements and the four elements it, it shifts off into paganism. Right. The, and if you, you hear them talking about the elements all the time, and on the surface it looks right, but then they go into other things that are, you know, as you go into the Buddhist thing. But yeah. going back to what we're talking about, um, the hip hop, the holy hip hop is, is, is basically coming into the church so hard right now because yeah. they think they need to use that music to bring the kids in. Yeah. They said if they don't use it, they won't come. But the Bible teaches that all they need is the gospel. Yeah. Um, well, but, if somebody's truly born again, I'm sorry, you don't have to pull their teeth. You don't have to manipulate them with certain techniques to get them to come. You want to come because you love Jesus. Exactly. Uh, just real quick, what would you say to those? Because this always comes up. You start talking about music. I've heard this for years. Of course, my background, uh, 1980s, ex-headbanger, drug addict, sexual war male, shovels pig guys, 80s, sex, drug, drug, and all. I'm familiar with the music industry uh, big time and been on the other side of the camp. And, but what would you say to people who would say, oh, hey, listen, here you go again, picking on music. Yeah. I just listen to it for the beat or for the music. It has no effect on my beliefs or behavior. What would you say to that? I would say that you, are, you need to really wake up because even the Muslims are saying that there are people out there that are practicing Muslims. They just don't know it yet because they yeah. use all the terms, all of the lingo. They, they, it's like they're practicing Islam. In fact, uh, Tupac wasn't uh, a Muslim but uh, a Muslim put up a video about him and he was saying all these things about when he went to jail how he got shot God this God that and but he, they, in the picture they said he talks just like a Muslim mm. because his background is Black Panther right and so with with that you, you see that the music does affect you um, and you start to take on the lingo of the religion just just like how Hinduism has crept into the church the same thing and again, it's a Trojan horse because many parents don't know that their kids are, are inundated with this stuff daily. And um, now you see that these, um, there's some Muslim rappers out there mm -hmm. that are they're called um, Dean Squad. And they're very popular on, guess what, YouTube. Oh, boy. And social media. And yeah. also, there is the Islamic State hip-hop. Mm. So these things are, are on record as being as a recruiting tool, tool to get people into um, things like ISIS and whatever else. Yeah. So, and, and, and before we end, the Nation of Islam, uh, they are at m most big hip-hop events as security. So they're deep ingrained in there. Yeah. And in fact, um, when, when Tupac and Biggie died and Snoop Dogg had to be one of the people to go to uh, Minister Farrakhan, to kind of bring forth some type of peace within the culture. Yeah. So there's no, it's, it's, it's undoubtedly part yeah. of the whole hip hop culture. Yeah. And, and, and it has an effect on your behavior. I tell people as we close, 
Uh, I tell people all the time, hey, if you're tired of being uh, dealing with temptation and thoughts of bad stuff going through your brain, then shut off the TV, pay attention to what's going through your brain with the media or, or music because it has an effect on your behavior. And all music is is basically words put to music, but they're repetitive over and over again. And if I were to sing a song that was glorifying uh, sexual immorality or something, well, no one, and you keep listening to that hour after hour after hour, no one, you watch a movie that glorifies, uh, again, that example sexual immorality. Why do you think that's going through your brain? Because it has an effect on your belief system. And, and again, in closing real quick, if you don't think that it has a behavior on you, right? When people listen to country music, uh, look at how they dress. Mm-hmm. They kind of dress with boots and country folk look. Yeah. And they, you, even though you might have been born in New York, you start talking with the slang, right? Yeah. It has an effect on your behavior. Same thing with the rap industry. Guess what? You start acting like that. You start speaking like that. So music is a powerful tool and it's being used even here in America, just like it's being, they're controlling the minds of the youth over in the Middle East. It's being used, as you said, a Trojan horse here in the United States to control the minds of the youth via rap and to seduce them into the teachings of Islam. Correct. Well, Chris, I know there's so much more, but if people want to uh, chat with you more or get more information from you, uh, I take it to your website, don't let them burn. Uh, dot com. Yeah. They can contact you there, listen to your radio show and, yeah. and other things, but uh, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't let them burn dot com. And uh, for more for Chris, but uh, we, we appreciate you coming. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. All right. You bet. All right. Well, hey, I wanted to thank you for joining us again on our third interview on our supplemental DVD on our study, Islam, Religion of War or Peace. Uh, hopefully by now I think you're uh, seeing uh, which one that is. Unfortunately, it's not peace as we're being told in the media. Uh, but with our next interview we have with this Pastor Phil Hauser from Tennessee. And uh, Pastor Phil, if you could share the, the church that you're at there in Tennessee. It's uh, Fellowship Community Church in Watauga, Tennessee. Uh-huh. So people uh, would like to contact uh, you personally, and then they can go through the church there? Sure. Okay, sure. that's great. But we have uh, Pastor Phil with us today, and what I appreciate about the information he's uh, about to share with us is not only as a Christian, not only as a pastor, uh, but as a parent. Uh, and what he came across, as we shared on this video series, but this is a personal uh, interview here, uh, of what he uh, had uh, uh, encountered that his uh, daughter was being uh, instructed in the uh, public educational system. And just like we shared on this uh, study, uh, it was overloaded on Islam. And either there was just a hair bit of Christianity which was skipped over, or there was no Christianity. So uh, it is, uh, again, a personal proof that uh, Islam is being propagated even in our school system when, as we know, uh, as Christians, uh, the irony is we're told that uh, keep Christianity out, uh, quote, keep religion out, but it really is just keep Christianity. They, they let everything else go through, certainly with Islam. But uh, without further ado, Pastor Phil, if you could just share with us, you brought some uh, textbooks, some supplemental work there, but if you could just share with the viewers uh, just the things that you encountered. These, this is what I like. These are the actual textbooks, and, and you had to pay for these out of your own pocket. Is that correct? Well, the, the thing about that was my, my girl was in class, and I asked to see her books, and she said, well, here's my books. I was like, well, where's your social studies and history book? Well, they take those up at the end of class every day. Wow. I said, really? She said, yeah, we can't take those home. And uh, a friend of mine and I, actually, those were purchased by private money. It's $300 for those two books. Wow. And uh, you have to have a password. The kids were given a password for that grade only to get the, the supplemental for the homework and stuff. So, But that's supposedly just done on a computer, and the parents probably never see that either. You right. know? But I had, uh, I had the, the password, of course, and we, pr- we printed it out just for you. Yeah. So, so uh, gee, it smells a little sneaky to me. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're being taught this in school, and you're about to unveil it here in a second, yes. what was being taught, uh, overtly so, uh, heavy duty on Islam, no Christianity by and large. Uh, but you couldn't take the textbooks home. Excuse me. Yeah. Come on. That's pretty obvious. That's and number two, like you said, sorry to interrupt you, but the even the supplemental work, yeah. you have to have a special password exactly. to get into. And like you said, most parents aren't even going to ever come across that's that right. either. That's our tax dollars at work. That's the taxes that we pay, print those. The taxes we pay, put the buildings up. And this is the taxes we pay, pay the teachers. And it's completely oblivious to us supposedly what's going on we're just trying to you know trying to be good parents and find things out as you go and it just it gets worse and worse yeah so we actually did a protest 
in Tennessee about this, and the, they, they met us the next year to accommodate us was they taught this the very first five weeks of school to get it under the radar. Mm. That was the very first thing they taught. They skipped down to page 99 and did Islam so we wouldn't have time to protest the next year. That's, that's how they accommodated us. Wild. Yeah. That's why. I mean, that's so obviously uh, underhanded. Yeah. Uh, it's not even funny. And, and again, that's why, like your your personal testimony, that, no, you can't say this is just some mock interview. This is just somebody cutting and splicing a news clip that's not really going on in our school system. Yes, it is. And I agree with you. I think what's unfortunate, whether it's this issue or a lot of issue with the public educational system, most parents have no clue of how much the secular education has been hijacked right. uh, to promote this, a bunch of other globalism, and we could spend a whole hour just on other topics. But for the sake of time, let, let, let's sure. begin to get into these workbooks. Sure. And, and again, if you could share with our viewers, here's here's what it is. You're not just saying, oh, he's taking that out of context. Yeah. Here's the actual pages. Here's what uh, my child uh, was being confronted with underhandedly. Yeah. This one is, of course, the Pearson and the McGraw-Hill, so that covers the entire state of Tennessee. It's one or, these, one or the other, one of these two of the books. And, uh, and of course, in McGraw-Hill, they have a whopping two pages of Christianity. And uh, I think Islam goes from page 99 to 120, 122. Wow. So you've got 23 pages of Islam with two pages of Christianity. And of course, the Christianity part, it always says, and Jesus claimed to be the yeah. Son of God. And in the Islam part, Muhammad is the one and only prophet. And right. Allah is. I mean, yeah. they, they're making you memorize the Shahada. Oh, when you wow. see, yeah, when you see people getting crucified, set on fire, and beheaded, and the ISIS raised their flag, that's what my little girl had to memorize, is the Shahada. That's the ISIS flag, brother. Wow. So, well, and speaking of which, as you're getting ready to get into that, yes, sir. Uh, that one did contain two pages of Christianity, but how much was covered in class? They skipped it completely because they didn't have time. <laughs> they had seven yeah. weeks of Islam, and it, it, this is a common core. It, the sticker's right there, CCSS, Common Core State Standard. Right. That is not required state standard. Christianity isn't. Right. Islam is. But Islam is, yeah. So, yeah. And, of course, it, it tells all about the Quran. It even sh says uh, Sharia law. My, my little girl had to study Sharia law. And this is what it says. Sharia law is based on the Quran. According to Sharia, Muslims may not gamble, eat pork, or drink al alcoholic beverages. That's Sharia law, what our kids are being taught of. They're... That is the farthest thing from Sharia law that I've <laughs> yeah. ever heard in my entire existence. I mean, that is so uh, neutralized uh, compared to what actual Sharia law is. Yeah. And then again, you know, it, it was Sharia law. I mean, one of the many things, again, we covered in our study uh, is the treatment towards women. And yet here you have a, yeah. your daughter, a young woman, being taught that, oh, no, this is okay. So if it ever comes, don't worry about it. It's just yeah. a prohibition against pork and alcohol. No yeah. It's not. It's yeah. a lot more than that. It is a, a satanic law that, that they stand on, and it is chaos, brother. It is chaos to the bone. Sharia yeah. law is, of course, the Quran, the Hadith, and the Surah. All three of those make Sharia law. Mm. So they can't be denied. And Sharia law goes against the American Constitution. Yeah. You and I both know that. Yeah, exactly. They cannot stand together, brother. Right. It, it's impossible. Well, and I think that's some of the misnomer. You know, a lot of people think, well, on, on the immigration issue, and again, we covered that in great detail in our study. Uh, but, you know, people think, well, what's the big deal with immigration? Well, first of all, there's the, the danger issue with these people in this belief system and what it produces. Amen. But uh, Islam, by nature, cannot assimilate because we think a lot of these people will come over here. Uh, they'll become Americans, and so then they'll submit to the American Constitution, the Bill of Rights. No, they won't, and they can't according to their own no. teachings. No, they can't because, uh, of course, as you know, Muslim means to submit. Yeah. So they have already submitted to something that is not our Constitution. Right. So, right. of course, it talks about who Muhammad was, and, of course, he was a great man. He was an orphan. You know, he was treated badly in Mecca, and it just it, it paints such a rosy picture of who this guy was. He's, yeah. he's a saint. You know, peace be upon him. You know, this is this is the Muhammad that they're pushing to our children. Yes, so. in his uh, history, uh, again as we covered in the study, uh, they he didn't have very many converts, and they were hurting financially. And all of a sudden, he gets this new revelation, 
hey, let's go rob and pillage people. Financial <laughs> problem solved. And, and from there on, with war after war after yes. war and horrible treatment and killing people, then he'd take their wives, and and then that's a good guy to follow, yeah. excuse me? They even they even have his death, he became ill, you know? <laughs> I mean, one of, one of his sex slaves that he killed their family in front of her poisoned him. Yeah. And on his deathbed, he brought her in in front of his troops and said, why did you do this? And she was scared, but she told the truth. Yeah. She said... I did this because if you were a prophet, you wouldn't have ate it. Wow. And if you weren't a prophet, I saved the world from you. Yeah. That was an uneducated slave girl that knew that he wasn't a prophet. Yeah, He's exactly. He's an evil, wicked pedophile. Yeah. So. Well, it's a very similar kind of a side detour uh, with Mormonism, which we'll eventually get That's our exactly study. right. Uh, the same, paint Joseph Smith is just great. Yes, sir. A uh, horrible guy. Or not horrible guy. They paint him as a wonderful guy. He's just, unfortunately... Uh, these people, you know, shot him. It's like a martyr. Are you kidding me? They were hunting him down, the men in the community, because he was sleeping with their wives with yeah. polygamy. And they hunted him down, and there was no some great thing he stood for the teachings. He was jumping out of a window, and they shot him in the backside. Yeah. That's how he died. So it's the, the same kind of thing. But, yeah, share with us, if you will, yeah. the uh, next the, textbook. The Pearson is, uh, is a little bit worse, I think. This is the one my girl had. Of course, I never saw it. We yeah. talked about that. So... But this is uh, this actually has the five pillars of Islam. Now, what part of history is showing my little girl how to bow? What her name is in Arabic? What the five pillars are? Pilgrimage, uh, you know, give, giving alms. I mean, going to Mecca, all these things. What part of history is that, brother? Yeah. That is religion. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so you get to talk about uh, the Quran. You get to talk about the five pillars of Islam. Uh, why can't we bring in then the Bible? Exactly And why right. can't kids be taught to memorize the Ten Commandments? Exactly right. Now, we used to have that in our school system. Amen. Both of those, including prayer. Yes. But that's been gutted. And one of the uh, judges that ruled against the Ten Commandments and, and the, the movement to get it removed from the school system was basically, if you read the document, in essence, he was saying that if the kids were to read these Ten Commandments, then they might think upon them. And then, of course, if they were to think upon them, then they might act upon them. And that's not good for kids. In essence, basically saying we can't have the Ten Commandments around because it's going to give, give kids brain damage. And since when, I mean, in essence, really, uh, so since when is you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery, you know, uh, don't use the Lord's name in vain, don't covet, etc. Is How's that bad? But yeah. you look at this other stuff, and that's completely gutted, but this is okay? Yeah. I agree with you. It's, it's crazy. Uh, what what uh, interested me about this, too, is they're getting them right as the teenage years, the rebellion years. And, of course, they draw cartoons to show how good Muhammad is. Oh, wow. Peaceful cartoons, yeah. all in color. You know how it is. And he's, he's standing in front of all this Jewish synagogues. And they were just people of the book, and they were tolerated. And it just goes on and on about this. I mean, it doesn't talk about the hundreds he murdered. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I mean, the only filter we have is the Bible and truth. Yeah. So it even teaches that it's, it's the same God. Yeah. You know, and that's going too far because you and I both know Allah is not God, brother. No, not at so, all. Not even close. Yeah. And, and, you know, you had uh, uh, shared the, you know, the cartoon pictures there sure. and things. Um, I, I've seen some other stuff uh, that they're coming out with like uh, comic books and ha have come out with comic books, uh, kind of the same vein. You know, like these are your new superheroes. Uh, you know, with with Islam and stuff of that nature, like you, yeah. but they're using that same propaganda yeah. uh, to try to make this, uh, you know, that this is a peaceful, good. No, it's not. So, but they're starting exactly with the right. minds of the kids. That's exactly right. They pollute yeah. the minds. Let me, let me read you uh, about. It says uh, women, and it talks about how uh, women were customarily made to stay at home, and women, uh, some women rose to important positions. In general, however, women had fewer rights than men and occupied inferior positions. Islam improved conditions for women, it says. Before the <laughs> development of Islam, Arab women had virtually no rights. Under the Sharia, women and men had religious equality. Which is mind-blowing. That's, that's, now, I, I, I'm, I'm a man telling my kids something. And here is a textbook and a master's degree telling my kids something completely different. Yeah. In the rebellious stage of her life. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing, too, is is that is, frankly, I'll call it for what it is. That's a lie. Oh, so I'll give, I'll give the author the benefit of the doubt. I'll try to be nice. Now, either he is absolutely, completely ignorant 
of what Islam teaches, which means you have no business putting that together. Or, which I think, unfortunately, is the second case, you deliberately lie exactly. because you have an agenda. Yeah, there's no out. There, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, if you really do the research, Pearson and McGraw-Hill, a huge multi-million dollar chunk is owned by Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So yeah. there we have the circle of money again. Right. So, but yeah. this all comes down to, to me, is you're pushing a religion. But Islam, to me, isn't even a religion. Fourteen mm-hmm. percent of it is a religion. The rest of it is the government. Mm-hmm. That's where you get Islamic State, yeah. the caliphate. Yeah. It's not even a religion. They they mask it in a religion, and they take over. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, and that's the, and they freely admit. And again, we shared on the study. It's it's global domination. Yeah, uh, it's not just leave us alone. Let's all yeah. be tolerant. That's not what it is. If you built wanna, into it. If you want to look at those two, I'm. I'm sure you'd be interested in some of those. Yeah, if you don't mind, if you could share with our uh, viewers. Uh, Sure. Now, this is the one. Those were the textbooks. Yes, sir. That uh, the kids couldn't take home. Exactly. And you had to pay 300 bucks out of your pocket to get a copy of them. Yes. And this is the supplemental stuff that the kids study, but you can only get it on the computer with a password that most parents are never going to see. Yeah, only that great. So, like, my, my girl graduated from seventh grade, eighth grade. I can't go back and check this this year because she don't have the seventh grade password so they narrow it down and narrow it down i mean people's got jobs you know mothers work you're supposed to go over all this stuff yeah i mean this is what we pay taxes for supposedly yeah you know but this this again it tells you how to fast during the holy month of ramadan uh how to self-purify uh what not to eat and not to drink what part of history is that why is my little girl gonna memorize that exactly you know uh the sakat uh, giving 25% uh, of your income. Uh, uh, here it is, Sharia law. It tells my little girl about Sharia law. Wow. You know, this is yeah. homework. Yeah. So how to pray five times a day, how to actually do it, you know. And yet the kids steps. today, Christians, are being told you can't bring a Bible and you can't pray and then if they want to even do something outside on the school grounds, like pray around the flagpole and stuff, oh, people go nuts. Yeah. And yet, here's the homework, and you're taught to pray graded. five times. You're, you're graded on these things. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what do you tell your kid? Take an F. I mean, you know, what do you do? Yeah. So, yeah. this is uh, the Salat. Of course, this is what we talked about. Had to memorize the ISIS flag. Oh, there is no oh, other man. God but Allah. And Muhammad wow. is prophet. Wow, that's wild. this is graded stuff, brother. This yeah. is this is you're my money. Right. You're my representatives are supposed to do this. Right. They are not representing me. Yeah. Of course, this yeah. is the bloodline of Muhammad. He's straight from Adam, straight from Noah, straight from Abraham, straight from Moses, straight from Jesus, and there's Muhammad. Of course. Wow. That's yeah. what's being taught. Yeah. And uh, if you if you use the Bible as a filter, there is a God and there is an ain't. Yeah. Okay. One so loved the world, and the other so hated the world. Yeah. One gave his son, one takes your son. Yeah. There's 80,000 words in the Quran, and never one says Allah loves you, ever. Yeah. It says God has no son. Read First John 2.22. You'll see what, what vision you got in your right. mind over that. Absolutely. So, but there's just too much. We, yeah. could do, we could do videos on videos. You could, you could take page by page, yeah. and that this is all false, bro. Yeah. Well, if, if you don't mind, if you could just, uh, for the sake of the viewers, if you could just sure. one by one, if you could just hold up for a little bit there. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the Pearson. Maybe you could uh, get a, a closer shot there. Yeah, that's the Pearson. Uh, that was East Tennessee. Okay. That's what was uh, okay. what was pushed, and uh, that's the graded Yeah, and that's the one social. that has no Christianity whatsoever. Zero. Not one page. Zilcho. No, sir. And uh, and then the other one, that, yeah. that had this two, is, but they skipped it. This is the McGraw-Hill, and uh, the, it, they said in Tennessee, we're trying to get away from Common Core. Every page is stamped with a common core sticker. <laughs> yeah, so they're still doing it. Yeah. And it had two pages of watered-down Christianity. Like I said, Christ claimed to be all this. And it wasn't even studied. Yeah, it was so completely skipped. skipped. Yeah. Like it was worth studying, you yeah. know, compared to, to Islam. So, yeah. But I don't see where this has any, any place in history. Yeah. History is the Barbary pirates. History is the Marine Corps sent to to, to take them out. Yeah, you know that's yeah. why the Marine Corps was you know yeah hauls them on a zoom of the shores Tripoli. Well, it used so. to be the old classic axiom, you know, history, his story, that's God's exactly story. right. That's exactly right? right. You want to tell your kid, you want to educate him the greatest thing. 
tell them about the real God, the one and only Amen. God, Jesus Christ, and that That's you right. can have salvation and a loving relationship, yeah. something that Islam knows nothing about. That's right. One that's also safe and secure, which they have know nothing about. So, but uh, uh, Pastor Phil, I just want to thank you for taking the time. Thank you for journeying on out here uh, from Tennessee and being with us. And uh, again, if you could just share the your church and if people would like to contact you directly. Sure. Uh, it's Fellowship Community Church, Watauga, Tennessee. And it is uh, 647-3158, area code 423. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. God bless you, brother. Bless Proud you. of you. Thank you. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay? Well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay, and folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that, and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn, we, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it, and a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins, 
and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a of death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.